Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Everybody and welcome back to episode 86 of Empty Betters. I'm your host Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host Nick Manella. How are we doing, New Yorker? Doing well. Yeah, still up in uh, still up in New York. Uh, probably going to head home super super early tomorrow morning. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a long day tomorrow. But uh, excited to get back home and head to the beach sometime soon. So I'm looking forward to that. There are two things in my life that make me laugh at your own misery. One of them is your jag and one of them is your trips to Long Island. And I must say it never disappoints. No. And you know, the fact that like both of those center around like cars and automotive transportation for the most part is just, yeah, just really just sticks it. Yeah. It sticks it to me right there. (laughs) And I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host Mac Vogel. How are we doing buddy? Doing well. I'm, uh, I won my first Stanley Cup final bet last night. I, I was wrong in the first like three games, so that was kind of frustrating. But uh, got a Montreal money line dub last night, so we're feeling good rolling off of that. Gives me a little bit of money to play around with for this Bucks game tonight. So Ooh, it's tonight game one. Game one it is, yep. and uh, the Bucks are a juicy two twenty on the money line plus two twenty. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, maybe Empty Betters branches out into a different sport today. <laughs> Who knows? Um, how was your fellow's 4th of July? It was a lot, I feel like. It was good. It's, yeah. It's uh, tough when, like, 4th of July is on the Sunday of the weekend because everyone goes super hard on Friday and Saturday, and then suddenly it's Sunday, and you're like, oh, shit. But today's the actual holiday, so I still have to party. But you're like, you got nothing left in the tank, you know? You're like, please, God, no more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was I was good. running on empty. Yeah. You know, after a while, you sort of hit that, like halfway through like the gathering I was at, I hit that like social interaction limit for like the month. And I was just like, nope, done. <laughs> it's July 4th and I'm already yeah. maxed out. Social battery dead for yep, sure. Big time. I have some stories that would make Paul Bissonette look rated E, but you know what? For the sake of everyone's stomachs and, uh, <laughs> and everybody listening don't want you to crash your car so i'll stay still but it was a it was a hell of a weekend and i mean that in both a good and a bad way um in ocean city so it was wild what like what made it a bad way now now i'm curious now i want to know well um there was a giant firework truck that yes i did see that that was one yeah um it rained it actually i hesitate to say it rained it more so tsunamied uh on saturday night while i was outside with no with no shirt on 25 streets away from my hotel and i'm pretty sure i probably developed pneumonia during that um so that happened and just a bunch of other things just people at secrets being people at secrets you know the, the usual it's it's a shit show so um, I won't share the, the the graphic stuff, but I'll give you guys some intel uh, after we're done here. I think you'd find it pretty funny. Sounds good. Were, were the buses not running? Could you not have hopped on a bus to get to? I don't know. It's just say no more. Bad's a bit. Bad's yeah. a bit. Bad's a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But uh, before we get started, just a couple of reminders. 
the Wowie Kazowie bundle for the Lachlan Foundation is on our store. Go check that out at emptybetters.com and click on shop. It's for a great cause. All the proceeds are going to be going to Craig Lachlan's Cancer Foundation for Rare Cancers. Um, have the fourth line of July shirt. I know the holiday is passed, but still a great looking shirt. Uh, I got the USA flag on the script on the front, along with the USA flag on the back with EB. Margarita's overtime, Margarita Max overtime challenge, I have a feeling is not done just yet. Uh, so be on the lookout for that shirt on our store as well. Tons of new merch coming your way. So be sure to check that out. And then we also just want to ask you guys, you know, for sake of, and I hate to sound like a YouTuber here, but for the algorithm, uh, you know, start showing some feedback on the episodes, whether it's on Spotify or YouTube. If you like the episode, thumbs up the video, comment, whatever. It helps get us a little bit more traction. So, um, you know, if you guys could help us out with that, that would be great. We would really appreciate it. Mean comments are welcome too. Like if you want to make fun of me for my physical appearance, I, I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> I really don't care. It's a lost cause at this point. So I'm down with it. I'm do what you got to do. Um, do you, Nick, do you think we should do question of the day or do we have too much of a jam pack here? I think we got time. Why not? All right, let's do it. So um, what did you think of this one? I, I came up with it and I thought it was pretty good. You came up with this one. It's very specific and I like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I feel like a lot of the times these question of the days get like very generic and there's like a billion one ways you can interpret it, but I liked yours. So why don't you go ahead and hit us with it? So with the recent news that college athletes can now gain sponsors, uh, I posed the question that with the recent passing of legislation for college athlete sponsors, what's the best brand and player partnership you wish you got to see collaborate? Could be past or present. And because we're a hockey podcast, you could also open this up to junior players as well. I won't say it strictly has to be college just for sake of conversation. Do you guys have any answers on that? This is tough. I feel like you can go, it really depends on sort of like the sport for like what I guess brand or thing you're going to associate them with. The first thing that came to mind when I saw this, just because I remember when this all went down was like that 2003, 2004 USC football team with Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lindale White, Dwayne Jarrett, and, you know, Reggie having to give his Heisman back because of, you know, all that bullshit with his parents living in a house that allegedly the university was, you know, paying for, you know, whatever. We all know the story, but something to do with them, I feel like would have been sick because you've ever watched that uh, 30 for 30, like Trojan War. They basically just talk about how they were LA's football team like they were going out to clubs with Snoop Dogg like Will Ferrell was on the sideline of practice like they're 18 19 year old kids and they're hanging out with these A-list celebrities I think something like that would have been cool right. um, maybe them doing like a not like a space jam but I don't know like something like that I don't know that was just the first thing that came to mind for me no, I think that's a pretty good one. I, I think I wrote my example uh, in there, but for me, I mean, it would be too obvious. You know, you get the the Johnny Mansell with the money team and Floyd Mayweather, his enterprise, that would have been an electric combination. I can't even imagine some of the some of the apparel or some of the t-shirts that probably would have come along with that. But I think that would probably be my number one. Mac, what's yours? I'm trying to think of one. I, my The first thing that came to mind was like, because we're talking about college players it's like all the sick like college hockey players and like especially like u.s born college hockey players i always have kind of a soft spot for so 
Um, I don't know. Initially, I thought about like some of the BC guys, like Johnny Hockey, and I, I couldn't think yeah. of like what would be a great brand for for a guy like that. Though, does anybody have like uh... you could do like Jimmy VC and like the New York State Lottery? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, hockey players are a little bit trickier. I it's mean, tough. Yeah, they don't get as much of the the fame. They got a little bit more duller personalities. But that's why it'll be interesting to see like what actually happens with this rule because I think obviously you'll see in like bat like college basketball players and college football players this will be a pretty common thing probably. But it'll be interesting to see if like it'll kind of spread to other lesser popular like collegiate sports. You know, I hope this means we're sort of like on the path to getting like a fully licensed NCAA football game again because I think that series was awesome uh, I actually just recently bought NCAA football 14 on eBay because I missed that game so much but uh, that would be sick if like you know the players were actually their name number like their likeness yep. their face in the game yep. I think that would be cool I want like a college basketball game too oh, or like how is college, that not college happened? hockey game would be would so cool. sick yeah. or even if somehow they were just a bit like able to put like college teams into chell like you know how you can change your like, like be a pro players, or like, something and you can choose to like yeah. you choose to do college versus choose to do like juniors or europe or something yeah I think that, that would, would be, be so really cool. really cool I agree yeah. um empty better sponsored player i think that there's some <laughs> maybe some towson hockey players are playing right. club acha that, yeah. <laughs> if you em- want to empty betters and zach jones that's the True. that's the collab right there oh, yeah there if you, you are a hockey player in college and you want to be sponsored for one dollar a month please contact empty <laughs> betters <laughs> you buy some more merch please literally um, but uh, yeah, I just thought that would be a fun little question to segue us into today's episode. Uh, but before we get started, just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. You guys already know that Brackish Life repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support the great cause by checking out www.brackish.life. I'm losing my voice. I'm going to toss it off to Nick for the news. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, some just absolutely horrible news to start us off. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Matisse Kivilnex, uh at the age of 24, unfortunately passed away over the weekend. Uh, he passed away due to a fireworks accident, and ultimately the autopsy determined that the cause of death was chest trauma due to a firework mortar blast that, according to Brian Hedger of the Columbus Dispatch, malfunctioned when the mortar tube split or tilted towards the hot tub he was in and went off so this is just you know unfortunately I feel like we read about something like this every year after the 4th of July and it's just so sad that it happened to such a bright and upcoming star in the NHL I mean the guy had started two games for uh, the Jackets uh, this past year and had been a, a staple of the Latvian hockey program for pretty much his whole career so uh he'll truly be missed and it's just horrible to see something like this happen yeah i think he had played eight games in the nhl if i'm not mistaken all for the jackets um with uh including a couple this past uh this past season at the end so 
very sad and uh our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family yeah absolutely that was just some of the worst news that you could hear and uh the feedback from the league has been great so that's been nice uh moving on the nhl has expressed concerns about being able to send their players to the olympics uh great you know same shit, different fucking day with this thing. Uh, the league says they've worked through many of the basic issues with the IOC, but that they fear there may not be enough time to resolve the remaining issues. So right now there's two schedules that are prepared for next season, one with an Olympic break in mind and one without one. And contrary to popular belief, the league's announcement of the 2022 All-Star Game in Las Vegas does not mean they aren't going to China for the Olympics, but that the All-Star Game might happen even if the NHL sends players to the Olympics. Which I think would be, I, I don't know how that yeah. would be received. So but. what? It'd be like the like all the best players are already in China, and so then the All Star Game is the best of like the worst. Yeah, not the it, worst, but like you know, the if best you're gonna the... still do something in that situation, do like a rookie showcase or something. Yeah, maybe not like a best of the rest, because <laughs> yeah, because then your like team captain is gonna be like Phil Castle or something like that. Right. You know? Which what's like wrong, I, what's wrong with that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm fucking fuck with you. Yeah, nothing for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, but uh Dude, by the way, Dude, Joey Chestnut. Incredible. The best oh, athlete yeah. ever. Yeah. I, Maybe. I did win I won that bet. I took the over. It was at 74 and a half, and I got him at, at that was on our book. It was, of course. Oh, wow. Bitch. That's awesome. I should have yeah. been on that. Why did I miss that? Damn it. Good shit, Nick. Yeah. Uh he's just incredible. <laughs> Only guy to ever go over 70 dogs, and he's done it like four or five times now. I read that he has won that event more than any athlete has won any singular event in history. I think second was Nadal and it yep. was some, I don't know, tennis. Like that the well, French Open or something? It was the French yeah. Open. He's won that like 11 times. Chestnuts yeah. won the hot dog eating contest 12 times. So yeah. um, that's pretty wow. fucking insane. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Going from something that is hilarious to uh, something that a lot of Twitter seem to find equally as hilarious. The NHL named TikTok sensation and content creator Josh Richards as a special advisor to the NHL as a quote voice of the fans to help grow the game amongst young fans. Now for the oldest person on this podcast, significantly mentally and actually physically, I had to look up who this kid was. I had no idea who he was. Uh, I didn't oh, really, come on. I didn't really know what he did. I also like, have no idea who he is. Oh, even, come still, on. even right now I have no idea. who he is. So I will say this. I did recognize him after like I Googled him and then like I, he's got a podcast with Portnoy now, I think. And so I knew who, like that was like, I don't do TikTok. It's not my thing. Like, I don't I, either. People send them to me and like, yeah. yeah, there's there's like some funny shit on there. But I end up seeing the same stuff on Instagram and Twitter anyways. So, um, I mean, the backlash from this I saw on Twitter, I don't know what your guys' thoughts is that people are like, why? Like, what is the point in doing this? So this is going to be a really, really hot take. And uh, I know most of the people who are probably listening to this, I kind of know, you know, the demographic we work with, and most people are not TikTok people. And I myself am not either. But I think the NHL is doing something right here. I think that they're kind of going the right avenue, right? You want to start getting new fans, young people, you know, specifically the ages of what, eight years old, to 17 years old. TikTok is king, right? And I think if you want to really like kind of grow the game and you want to get lifelong fans and you want to try to get younger fans, this is the right avenue to go. 
I know that it's not for everybody and it's definitely not for the boomers out there. And I totally understand that. And I'll probably throw myself into like boomer category. Cause I don't really care. Like, but this is a great move just for the younger demographic and guys, we're weird. Like we don't like most of the world's on TikTok. Everybody knows like Addison Ray, this guy, that guy, like they're popping names out. Most people know who they are and we're just, you know, I guess old school or throwback or maybe just old. Um, but I think it's a great move for the league. And, you know, I don't think any young people are complaining about it. I guess we don't classify as young, though. So, no, I mean, it's all mental, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent. I think it's good that they're always trying to grow the game and find new avenues for getting fans. Uh, I feel like my sort of cynical ass goes, like, can we fix the Olympic problem before we start doing like ticky tacky shit like this? But, right. Well, I'm sure it'll be it's good just for like, them. Do- it's just crazy how fast that thing's taken off. I mean, the names that people know now, like, like I know who Bryce Hall is now. I don't know who the fuck Bryce Hall was like They're a year ago. Millionaires now, these kids. Millionaires, multi-millionaires. So I'm hoping that this is a good step for the league. I don't see how it could be bad. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't know how this would get yeah. make it worse. Yeah. So. No, I yeah, I, that makes a ton of sense. My uh, moving on. The Blues and the Wild are going to play next year's Winter Classic. That's going to be New Year's Day at Target Field, which is where the Minnesota Twins play. Um, That's pretty sick. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it in Minnesota and we're not doing it in like Dallas or something. Again, no offense, but it looks a lot better. Yeah, it looks a lot better when there's like, you know, a chance of snow or like that snow actually does fall in the region. So yeah, Um, that'll be a good matchup too. I feel like it sucks when it's like, a blowout or like a mismatch of teams, but I think those two teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, we'll see what they look like a year from now, obviously, but, uh, or half a year from now, but I, I do think that'll end up being like a good game and a good atmosphere and hopefully a couple of sick jerseys come out of that one too. Anyways, uh, moving on down the list, uh, ESPN has revealed their full roster for upcoming NHL coverage. That's going to include NHL Hall of Famers, Mark Messier and Chris Chelios. Awesome job. Those guys are going to be fantastic. Great job. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bolden will be a feature reporter. AJ Malesko, Hillary Knight, and Cassie Campbell-Pascal will be analysts. Leah Hextall, who I think is fantastic, will be doing some play-by-play. Sean McDonough and Steve Levy will be the lead studio team and play-by-play commentators. And then former players Rick DiPietro, Kevin Weeks, Brian Boucher, Barry Melrose, and Ray Ferraro will serve as analysts. There's a lot of good picks on here. I love Hillary Knight. She's yes. awesome. She's, um, great. she's great for like growing the game too. And she does a really good job of like explaining things simply so that other people who maybe aren't as familiar with the game can sort of understand it. So that's awesome. I don't know like what uh, DiPietro is like um, in a role like this, but I mean, I mean, I, I always loved the guy. He was a total character when he was a player in the league. So I'm sure that he's got the charisma to, to be a good analyst as well. But, yeah, there's a lot of good names in there. I, I think it's exciting. I was bummed that Gary Thorne obviously isn't in there, but, you know, we'll see how things go. And uh, hopefully this is a dream team. I think they're doing the right things, and the names on there are perfect. You got a great blend of, like, high energy with, like, Kevin Weeks. You got, you know, the funny guy and Ray Ferraro, who's got the old school stories. I would like to see what D. Pietro is like. I think he's still getting paid on that contract, so I'm sure he's in a great mood. But um, he is here, uh, and I'm looking for. I'm I'm really am like I, the most excited 
I am for next season is for the new broadcast. And I know that sounds weird. It might not mean a lot to people, but we're so used to the NBC now. And I think it's kind of run its shelf life a little long at this point. Um, so I'm excited to see what ESPN and TNT have to offer. Yeah. Uh, there's some. Did you guys hear that, that Rick DiPietro breakfast sandwich story? No. Yeah. What? You heard this, Nick? I have. It's uh, uh, it's it's quick. Basically, like after he got sent down to the minors, like um, when he was kind of bubbling out of his career, uh, whatever minor league team he was playing for, I guess they didn't have like, like food and stuff like before practices or whatever. And he was like, oh, that's not gonna work. And it was like early morning, get like practices too. So he like found some nearby restaurant to like cater like breakfast sandwiches to the rink for like before like every single practice or whatever. Um, and so obviously everybody on the team was like, Oh, we fucking love this guy. Now he's like, now we all get breakfast sandwiches, but he was only there for like a couple weeks until then he was like, all right, fuck this. I'm not, I'm just like retiring or whatever. And then no more breakfast. That's sandwiches. hilarious. It's kind of legendary. It's such a power breakfast. move. <laughs> uh, he was on the Islanders broadcast for a little bit, and I thought he was—I thought he was good. Okay. I'd be lying if I said I remember him being on there. So I'm—I'm I'm sure he's going to be fine. It's always nice to get a goalie's perspective too. So I'm—I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, there's a lot of goalies on there now. Weeksy and Bo- Boucher. Uh, Boucher. Yeah, yeah I, I think Boucher's been good with NBC. He hasn't I been bad. He's—he. He, he, play, he fits the role perfectly. I mean, he's just good-looking guy, straight suit, speaks well. You know, it, it's not like he adds any humor. I mean, I think it's a little more exciting when Pierre's in there, not so much for the uh, the good part that he brings to the broadcast, but more so the memes that come with the broadcast when he's on. So, um, you know, I, I always like a little a little animosity on there. Uh, moving on, the Canadian government ultimately denied the Habs' request to increase the capacity from 2,500 fans to 10,000 fans for the remainder of the playoffs. Uh, that sucks. I think we all want to see the Bell Center packed and rocking. And you know, it looked like more than 2,500 fans, though, right? Hundred percent. Get like honestly. I would say there's probably like nine thousand people there. Yeah, like I feel like they just you know did why, it. right? They like did like those why? light up bracelet things, and I think they put them on like every seat, so it looked like someone was sitting there. But I but like I understand still, what you're saying. Like it did look like a lot more, more people. Twenty five hundred. Like yeah. I think it's minimum five thousand. Yeah. That were, yeah. That were at that game last. I week. mean, the whole thing is just so stupid because there's what twenty five hundred people inside supposedly, not counting staff. And then 25,000 <laughs> shoulder to shoulder outside. It's like, just bring them in the damn building at this point. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it, Everybody's got a difference of opinion on that, but it does seem a little weird that, you know, outside looks like Italy in the World Cup and inside, you know, it's just completely bare. So I, I don't know. I'm not really going to. Speaking of, it's my one two nothing. cents on that. One nothing Italy right now? Yeah. Against Spain? Yeah. Coño. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, All right, moving on. Uh, Jonathan Taves released a video detailing what has gone on with him the past season. If you don't remember, just forgot. He had to sit out the entire season for an illness that was not COVID, completely separate. Uh, Doctors told him he had developed a rare condition called chronic immune response syndrome. 
uh, he's back to skating and he says he's going to be ready to go for a training camp and uh, the next season. So that's great to hear. I think we were all a little bit saddened to have him not play this season, especially for something that's so out of his control like that. I didn't catch the video yet. Did he go into specifics of like what that, what that syndrome really does or, or how it affects him or anything? So I didn't watch it. Basically, it. Uh, you go, Nick. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but the cl- clips from it I saw was basically him just saying what the name of it was. So, so he explained that um, his body couldn't recover from the the stress that he was putting on it playing hockey, and he said at the end of um, the the before the co- the COVID bubble happened. He had been feeling tired and run down and um, there was a bunch of stuff that just wasn't seeming right to him. He felt tired all the time and all that. And he basically said, doctors said his immune system was running too high. And as a result, his body like couldn't recover properly. And it's a really strange, uh, strange thing. I mean, you know, as as someone who has family who has like chronic illnesses and sounds something kind of similar to this, it's, it's so, it's so weird and so hard to explain. And, I think there's a lot of doctors that even struggle with it because you know, there's just so much we don't know about the body, but it's, it's good to hear that um, he is, you know, in good health and he's going to be back. And, you know, with all the drama surrounding the Blackhawks and stuff right now, I think that, you know, having Captain Sirius in the room to kind of ground him a little bit is uh, probably a good thing. So good for him. Year off could, I mean, it could help him too. It's a, a year of recovery that he desperately needed. So. Yeah, a lot of a lot of miles under those under the under his belt. So, a lot of long post seasons, that's for sure. Uh, let's get to some. Uh, oh, one more last sad thing. This is another horrible thing that we should just mention before we wrap up the news. Uh, devastating news for the Pasternak family. They lost their son, um, who was an infant, I believe. Uh, it's just horrible. So thoughts and prayers to them. I can't imagine going through something like that. That's just the worst. Um, some award winners to get to the Vesna deservingly to Marc-Andre Fleury. I think that was well-earned and yeah, I told you I, they're giving it to him as soon as they put his name on the nominee thing. So uh, yeah, that's first time nominated. Right. Which is weird to think about. Yeah. But good for him. I'm so happy. Rough playoff, you know, it it happens. His future is a little bit in limbo based on some rumors, but at least he's got this Vezna under his belt, and that should definitely get him a little bit of a payday. Congrats to him. I, I don't think he's playing another game in Vegas. I don't either. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Which I like for him, honestly, because I like him, and I fucking hate the Knights. So. <laughs> as long as he doesn't go to the Penguins or some right. shit like that. That's where he's going. That would be the most typical thing ever. I would lose my shit. Uh, up next, we have the one that we all knew was going to happen, uh, McDavid getting the Hart Trophy. Uh, this is only the second time that the voting was ever unanimous. Uh, guess who the other one was? I bet you can't. Probably a guy by the name of Gain Wetsky. Yep, that guy. Thank you. Uh, the Ted Lindsay also went to McDavid. Uh, the Calder, well-deserved, I think, goes to Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, had an unbelievable year, so... Uh, Kirill the thrill. Kirill the thrill. Hopefully he resigns again. Of course, there's. 
I was, was going to say, what is this shit with where he's like, yeah, no big deal. Just won the Calder, but I might just not play in the NHL anymore. Is that I, like, I don't did understand. I see that right? Like, I don't, what? I don't understand what's going on, but it seems like a lot of like a handful of guys like Carl Soderberg. Uh, I think Grigorenko just left to go to the KHL. Big, big Russians. I mean, guys like that, though, like Grigorenko and Soderberg, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you're kind of not right. that relevant anyway. Right. So, like, I don't, I don't really. I, I was just I su- like, I was surprised. I was like, you couldn't find like a third or fourth line slot on one of those teams. Well, they, um, yeah. And I'm sure yeah. they could, but for whatever other personal reasons, I'm sure True. they're probably just like sick of the show or whatever. And right. they maybe just want it to be a little more low key or something. But, yeah. uh, guy like Kirill, I mean, you're literally about to be a superstar. Like you basically are already a superstar. Right. And if you just like, especially in like two, two ish years, I feel like people are going to be talking about him. Like he's fucking, you know, up there with, some of the top 10 players in the league and stuff. And so I just don't, I don't get at all why he would even consider, I mean, I guess, yeah. How, how can I know what's going on in his life or what he would, he's thinking, but you'd it, have it just, to assume it's money. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, the Norris goes to Adam Fox. This is only the second time that it was won within the first two seasons of someone's career. The first time it was ever won while missing the playoffs uh, technically, Roman Yossi's Preds did make the playoffs last year. Uh, what did you guys think of this? I think this was the one that I was a, the most surprised about. It was the one I was most surprised about, but it was also the one that I thought was like deservedly so. I had everyone always thinks Hedman's going to win it, and you, it's hard to argue that. But with the season that Fox put up and how much he meant to the Rangers. And how much of a push that they actually made to almost get there. I mean, it's hard to say that anybody else was more deserving than him. And I mean, I think it was right. Um, it's it's hard to argue sometimes when you miss the playoffs because you could always say, like, oh, well, if they didn't have him, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So how is he the best defenseman? But that being said, I think based on eye test statistics, how much of a push the Rangers made, I think the league made the right decision here. I do too. I think he totally deserved it. Um, I will say, and this is just me being a little bitch and complaining. I told you guys this already, but I think that the year that everybody was all bent out of shape, that Carlson did not win it. uh, I thought he had a better season that year than Fox did this year. And that pissed me off. But also it's like, how can you compare that? I mean, it's, it's tough to do that. I'm just being a little No, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's good to see him get rewarded. They did have such an amazing second half of the season. He was such a huge part of that. Um, I was surprised that no one had made it while missing the playoffs, but I guess that makes sense. It is a surprising stat. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does make sense based on what Harry was just kind of explaining, but it, yeah, it's kind of surprising. Uh, some extensions to get to some big ones in here too. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, eight years, 41 million to stay in Edmonton. Now I think most Love people, that. most people would take that to get out of Edmonton, but you know, <laughs> he, he wants to stay there. And I think there's a full no movement clause in there as well. Yeah. I can't remember the details of that, but in my opinion, what 41, it's 41 million divided by eight. So that's roughly five a year. That's a fucking st- deal home for run a guy, of a deal for a guy who plays like him great two-way game he's experienced but he's still young he's been in the league forever it feels like i think that's a great deal for edmonton and that's a hell of a price to pay for a second line center yeah i don't think he should have signed that deal but i agree that it's a good deal for the team 
yeah. I think I think the term really helped him uh, helped him sign that there because eight years, you know, he probably might have made it seven mil a year if it was only for like four or five. But right. well, and I also think I mean I'm I'm a big proponent of of the fact that any deal over five years is too much. I don't care who you are. Like even even five years is kind of pushing it because you just don't know what a, like what a guy is going to look like. I understand that's where it comes in that players need longer deals because they want to start families and have their kids go through the same schools and stuff like that. But to me, I always see, you know, these big blockbuster deals when guys are signing eight and nine and 10 year contracts, they always end up sucking like two years into those deals. And then the team's like, Oh, why are we paying him so much fucking money? So I, I like that. This is a long deer. Oh, excuse me. A long deal for not that much money because I think when you get to have a long deal for a lot of money, the players just lose motivation. And it's just like, what am I even like playing for at this point? I'm already getting paid out the ass. Who cares if I score 10 goals or 15 or 20, I'm just going to go out there and like go through the motions, you know? Yeah. I, I think a great example of that is Bobrovsky. I mean, signs that 10 year ticket and then just yikes falls off the face of the earth. Uh, and yeah. to, th- to think that people actually complained about the McDavid contract. Yeah, that's true. He's actually outperformed his contract. So. Literally, yeah. That's uh, when it's like that's when you just sign him for whatever amount of money he wants and make the term as long as you can. Yeah, amen. Uh, Wayne Simmons, two years at nine hundred thousand dollars per to stay in Toronto, I believe. Yes. Uh, the Wild re-signed Joel Erickson Eck to an eight-year, $42 million deal. More than Nuge. Kind One of, million uh, more than Nuge. So this guy was unreal for them this year, was such a huge part of their success, you know, with their run-up to the postseason. Uh, I think this is a good move for them, but, you know, going back to what Mac just said, you kind of have to look at it and go, is eight years too long? I think it is. I think six years would have even been pushing it. I think perfect scenario, you get him for five. Again, this is probably one of those where his agent and him talked and thought about his, you know, personal situation. I don't know if the guy's got a family or not, but uh, I'm sure they probably talked to the wild and they were like, listen, give us eight and you got a deal. And the wild were probably like, eh, fuck it, whatever. If there's one thing the wild are good at, it's offering lengthy contracts. So and boxing themselves into financial corners and then not being able to uh, help themselves when the trade deadline comes and then like losing in the first round to like, I don't know, Colorado or some shit. Billy Guerin's going to have his hands full this off season. I I have a lot of faith in him, but uh, it's going to be a tough, tough off season for the wild. A lot of big decisions to make. Yeah, for sure. Uh, They checked one of his big boxes off the list by re-signing Nick Bukestad. So they're set up for next year. Right, Harrison? (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if there's like an injury clause in there, like must play at least 10 games. We'll see if he gets there. Yeah, and then as we mentioned, uh, Kaprizov and then Kevin Fiala still needs to be re-signed too. And probably Uh, like three of your biggest players in that mix right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think the the back end is looking pretty short up, so good for them, but they got to get that forward core locked up because they were actually kind of fun to watch for once. Yeah. Uh, some trades and trade rumors to get to the St. Louis blues are exploring trade options for Vladimir Tarasenko. He has a full no trade clause, but has reportedly told the blues of several teams for which he'd be willing to waive it. The 25, 29 year old has two years remaining on his current contract 
with a 7.5 million annual cap hit. Where does this guy end up? Uh, hello, St. Louis Blues. How would you like Evgeny Kuznetsov? Yeah, literally. <laughs> and like a bag of peanuts. Yeah. That's, that's all we can offer right now. Straight up. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, yeah, it's the, it's the old semi-pro uh, washing machine trade. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, trying to think of a team that would, that would blend in there. Um, Tarasenko. I'm trying to think. I mean, anytime I hear Russians, I always think Tampa or Florida because they always seem to go there. I think uh, he'd be electric uh, as a cat. Same. Not yeah, Tampa. That'd be really not cool. Tampa. No. Fuck no. <laughs> I will lose my mind. If Although he, he is there. their perfect kind of player. Just put him on the injury show no! all season. Oh, no. <laughs> Nick, no. Just saying. Oh, Just God. Saying. That's going to make some listeners angry. I know that one. Just saying. Um, no, you're not wrong. I, I always think of the Florida teams. I don't know why I feel like Dallas could maybe be in the mix. I don't see okay. him going to, I see him more of like in a small market, not necessarily like a, a, a big Montreal type ordeal. I could see, you know what? I don't hate Dallas. I could see him playing with like Tyler Sagan or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just. Not so we don't, point. I know we don't have uh Seth Jones on this, on this uh, notes tab that we have, but the rumors are insane and it, they're all over the place. And basically what I've heard is that Columbus is probably going to have to sign him first and, and then, then trade, trade him, him. Yeah. because with the expiring contract coming up, nobody wants to take on that risk. And uh, I heard that as far as what they could get, it might be similar to the Arvidsson deal, which we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes here, but I think there's another, another couple of rumors we got to get to first. Yeah, Duncan Keith is apparently going to be traded to a West Coast or Pacific Northwest team. The Hawks are finalizing the deal with someone before the expansion draft. So interesting. I heard Edmund, Edmonton. I heard Edmonton. I heard people were saying Vancouver, but I think Edmonton over Vancouver if you do the math would make a little more sense and would also be really good for that lineup. In my opinion, that, that type of experience and leadership uh, is definitely going to help, you know, the young guns back there. You got cleft bomb nurse, all those guys. So I think that would be a good addition for them. Uh, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Mac, like you mentioned, the Preds have traded Victor Arvidsson to the LA Kings in exchange for LA's 2021 second round pick and a 2022 third round pick. And I think it's worth noting here that from 16 to 19, Arvidsson was a 30 goal scorer each season and led the Preds in goals during that time period. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think he might be their franchise points leader. Why did they... goal scorer? One of those two. I'm not sure on that. I actually have no idea. Um, no, Mac, you go. Why didn't they get more? Like, I don't understand that. I'm shit. shocked. I don't know. Um, you would think that. I mean, those are decently high rated picks. I mean, they're not first rounders, but I don't, it's so hard to, you know, judge trades when you get like second and third rounders for like, you know, reasonably good players. Cause you just, you, you don't know, know who won the trade for a couple of years for but sure. But very unpopular amongst the predators locker room. I don't know if you guys saw Philip Forsberg tweeted a thumbs down or he Instagram Twitter or something. I know, um, I know uh, what's his name. Ryan Johansson had some words about that. So uh, definitely shaking up the locker room chemistry seems like a guy that was really well liked, but well, and the other thing is like, I know that the Preds 
didn't have the best season this past year, but they, they found a groove halfway through the year and pushed and drove and made the playoffs and actually were exciting to watch in the playoffs. Um, so I don't really get like, I, I, I think if they had missed the playoffs, I would understand this a little bit more like saying, Hey, look, we got to shake something up, whatever. But they like they found they found some mojo and they they looked like similar to how they looked when they made it to the cup final against the uh, Penguins. Like they looked like they were electric. The fans were into it. The fans are always into it in Smashville. But I don't know it was a fun team that that actually had some chemistry there going into the playoffs this year. And I just I can't totally understand this move, but I'm sure I'm sure there's something behind it that that we're not seeing yet. And um like Harry said, we won't really know uh, who won this trade. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a wait and see kind of thing. I think you know, keep your eye on LA though. The next couple of years, they're putting some good pieces together. So yeah, it looks like they want to be good like soon. Yeah, like, like they're not content with the whole like three to four year like rebuild program. Like it looks like they're like okay, maybe one more year when we like don't make the playoffs. But I feel like. I feel like they're actually going to be like kind of dangerous in the next like year or two, or at least yeah. be one of those spoiler teams that you like, just never know if you're going to win or lose when you're playing them. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, don't really have any injuries to get to. So let's go ahead and get into our Stanley cup update. Uh, but before we do that, we just want to take a chance to remind everyone that summer is here and there's never been a better time to get out on the water. Are you looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of? Well, the Yacht Lender is a specialist in marine finance with partnerships with 15 different banks. It's the right vessel, right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check them out on Instagram at Yacht Lender to see others who have already got out on the water. I, I need Harry to turn his camera off when I start to read these things. Cause I like, once I catch a glimpse of him, I lose it every time. <laughs> oh man. That ad read is so good. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's not, Marty's a great guy. You know, he knows how to sell boats or whatever the frick he does get loaned for boats, but <laughs> man, it's just so funny seeing him uh, in his personal life versus his professional life. It's uh it's truly a treat. Yeah. Snap. Snapchat stories were pretty electric this past weekend. So selling yep. boats, I think you mean selling broats. Oh, yep. there you yep. go. There you stay, go. Stay stay hot, Marty. Yeah. Um. All right, Stanley Cup update. We have not spoken since the series has started. Game oh, one. Really? Wow. Shit. Yeah, we almost didn't speak until it started, and then had to ended. speak once it ended. Yeah, yeah. literally. But we we <laughs> we dodged that bullet last night. So yeah. All right, game one, everyone got all excited, and then Tampa does what Tampa does and just steamrolls Montreal five to one in game one. Uh, you know, I know we had publicized that we were big on the Habs plus one and a half. Uh, jumped on Braden Point to get two points that hit. Uh, Caulfield to get a point missed. Uh, some other notes from the game: Shea Weber was fined five thousand dollars for that Paul Bunyan decapitation <laughs> attempt on Kucherov's leg, and then. Uh, Eric Chernak scoring his first playoff goal to open the scoring and then Tampa just rolling. So, yeah, they, they, they pulled away in the third period pretty easily. So that was a little disappointing. Um, You know, game ones are hard to judge. I think the next two games, honestly, were even more disappointing. Yeah. 
Uh, game two, Tampa wins three to one. Uh, Montreal really outplayed them and should have won this game. They outshot them 43 to 23, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the most typical thing ever, Blake Coleman, a diving goal with three tenths of a second left on the clock at the end of a period to just suck the life out of the Habs. Yeah, that this game was a this was a good hockey game. This was actually an exciting game, and it's a bummer that the Habs didn't win that one because if they do, we'd be sitting here with a two-two series right now. But right, um, yeah, that that Blake Coleman goal is just yeah, it's it's impossible really to 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 rally your team after something like that. It's just such a dagger letting in goals late in periods. Not to mention literally with like two tenths of a second or whatever it was. So that's a bummer. And then obviously game three didn't go well either. Yeah. Game three was the one that uh, really hurt, lost me the most money. I actually posted on our Twitter that Habs plus one and a half was a lock, 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 lock. I think I said seven times, called it also a lock of the century. Um, And they just, fucking laid an egg and that that felt a lot like you know the you know the big games in the finals and you guys can probably recall some of these but the ones that occur to me are obviously the penguins you know you get uh the sharks at home in 2016 it's game five you have the chance to win the cup in your building and it's almost like the scene is too big it the stage is too big that's how i felt montreal was in game three they're walking in there's thousands and thousands of people watching Cole Caulfield in his little checkered suit, little five foot six man. He is strut his way into the bell center. You know, it's, you got Jeff Petrie with like two fingers and like fucking buck teeth going right into the arena, surrounded by all these crazy French Canadian freaks that just want to see the Habs win so bad. And it just felt like the scene was too big. I bet Tampa, I really did think they were a lock, but after the first minute, I don't know if you guys remember, I'm pretty sure the lightning scored in the first minute. That building was dead. And Philip Deneau, I believe, had a really good snipe in that game to pull the Habs within one. I think he made the score two to one. And it felt like they had some life. And Tampa just sucked it right back out of them. And that was truly the most disappointing game I have watched in a long time. They scored in the first minute of the first and the first minute of the second. And that's just, that's backbreaking. Yeah, and I think, Harry, you explained it well, saying that it was just a little bit too much of a large stage for them to be able to handle. It's a bummer the way that it went because, you know, like we said, too, if they had won game two and it's one-to-one and then you kind of lay an egg, it's like, all right, okay, we're down two-to-one. Now we got to win our next home game or whatever. But it just it sucks the way that this series went previous to that game because laying an egg was was not an option and they still did it and now they're they're pretty much fucked like i i seriously think it would be like more of a miracle than like jesus walking on water if if the habs find a way to come back and win this series but that would only add to the unreal like 30 for 30 that they're probably still gonna make about this habs team so We'll see. Um, I liked what I saw from the Habs last night. They really fought hard. Um, I don't know if we want to jump into game four here and talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about game four. Yeah, uh, going back to game three, Tampa, you know, through game three has not trailed in the series. And I think the only time they trailed in uh, game four was towards the end, if I'm not mistaken. So 
Uh, yeah, the Habs avoid the sweep with an overtime win over the Bolts. Anderson scores his second of the game, 357 into overtime. Uh, Carey Price stops 32 shots. And then rookie defenseman Alexander Romanov also got a goal. So that's awesome. I mean, to win the Stanley Cup and to stay alive in the playoffs, you have to get scoring from everywhere in your roster. And that was definitely needed for the Habs. I also think what's big here is that score a couple of like kind of I'm not going to say shitty, but like kind of like soft goals against Vasilevsky. Like the goal, the the Romanov goal was about five seconds after, like the puck is on Vasilevsky's stick behind his own net. And about five seconds later, it's in the back of the net. Um, And it wasn't nearly as bad as like the the Penguins goaltending issue or the Caps goaltending issue that happened earlier in this postseason where, our goalies literally just like coughed the puck up like blatantly and then like basically let it into the empty net. It wasn't nearly that bad, but it did all stem from Vasilevsky stopping the puck behind his net, turning it over on the sideboard. He got back into the net and like seemingly back into position, but then there was some traffic in front of him. And I don't think he ever really regained his like set position that he likes to be in. And the next thing you know, it's sailing over his shoulder into the net behind him. So I think scoring a goal like that is big for the Habs just to like kind of take this guy off the pedestal, you know, like and 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 show them that this guy's actually human and they can score some goals on him. Same for the overtime goal, right? I mean, it was a gritty little like play where they they got like two shots and then the puck's still laying there and and Josh Anderson just finds it and nets it. So um I think if if there's any way the Habs can steal one more game in this series, we were talking about it a little bit earlier before we hopped on, but if there's any way they can win this next game in Tampa, maybe this won't be such a shitty cup final after all. I still I still really don't think there's any way the Habs find a way to hoist the cup this season, but I would at least like to see them make it interesting, win one more game, have Harry's uh, Bolton six bet hit at the very least. Watch them. I'd rather win. sacrifice my bet and have the Habs win in seven. But yes, I I understand. Thank watch, you for watching out for me. Watch them win the next three in a row in overtime. Yeah, we would have to drop a new T-shirt for that. I don't know yeah. what we would call that. Yeah. But, um, I think it's worth noting that for all the listeners, you know, Game Five will be tomorrow, June seventh. We're we're recording this on Tuesday, June sixth. Vasilevsky is undefeated in the playoffs in the last two seasons after a loss so the odds aren't looking great i think he's he's either 11 and 0 or 13 and 0 i can't remember which one it is sample size is pretty big it's going to be borderline a miracle for the habs to win tomorrow game five i would imagine and the line's probably already up i'm not looking at it right now if one of you wants to check it but i'm, I'm gonna look. guess that they're in the stratosphere of plus 230 i'll say You'd have to think so. What, on the money line for tomorrow? Yeah, and that's going to be tough. Yeah, uh, if there is a prop bet for Vassy to pitch a shutout, why not? I I think that's a very likely scenario for tomorrow. You were right on the nose. The Bolts money line is minus 233, and you can get the Habs money line at plus 193. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. I mean – that's a good value, but like, let's be honest here. I think Tampa puck line would probably be your best pick. Um, the way that I envision Montreal winning this, this is the only way. And I, I truly believe this. And this is if they win, this is not what I think will happen. 
you're going to have to have a scoreless first period. You're just going to have to weather the storm. You're going to have to frustrate them. And at like 930 left in the second, you know, we'll have, you know, Boosh be like, oh, man, it looks like Tampa's getting frustrated. They're, they're starting to, to, to not make crisp passes. They're, they're clogging the neutral zone real well, blah, 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 blah. And then with like a minute goes by, eight minutes left, and – I don't know why I'm feeling this, but like I think maybe Suzuki or Lekkinen scores like some dirty rebound goal. We go one nothing into the third, and they're just gonna have to weather the fucking storm, and they're gonna have to win the game one nothing or two one. I really believe that. I'm right there with you, and I think one nothing is exactly the way that the Habs need to win this game because Carey Price needs to pitch a shutout. He needs to. He needs to like just decide that they're going to win at least one more. And and I think if he does that, you know how much confidence that would give the rest of his team suddenly going back for a game six at the bell center again, and knowing that his, their goalie wants, wants to win and doesn't think they're done yet. Like that's what needs to happen. If they want any kind of chance is Carey price needs to let in less than two goals tomorrow night. I think in the Habs as a team need to do that because both of Tampa's goals in game four were direct results of Habs turnovers. So it's, you know, you can't, you know, you take away those two turnovers, you take away two of the goals, the Habs win that game two to nothing. So, you know, it needs to be a game like that tomorrow. You know, it just needs to be the perfect game out of that team. And it needs to be the perfect game for Carey Price. What I didn't like from last night's game and, and granted that was an electric hockey game last night. That was like the kind of game I was hoping to see out of all of these games in the cup final, but hopefully we get some more of those types of games. But what I didn't like was, the Habs inability to like look confident while leading. Like they had that one, nothing lead actually for a while. If I'm not mistaken, it was like late in the second or no late in the first or late in the second. I don't know. It was late in a period when they coughed one up and let it be one-to-one. And it's moments like that where you have to buckle down and be like, look, we cannot let in a goal right now. Let's take this lead into the intermission. And same for the third period. If you score a goal to go up two to one, in that game and suddenly, oh, you might not have to watch the other team hoist the cup on your home ice tonight. Like you better like buckle the fuck down and not like the goal they gave up that Pat Maroon goal, the, the, that made it two to two with like five minutes left or whatever. Gut wrenching. I'm like, are you kidding me? You let you, you're really going to let an odd man rush like that happen when you're winning two to one with five minutes left in a game where you might lose the Stanley cup. Like they're just, I did not see the urgency from them until they take that Shea Weber penalty. And then their whole team is like, Oh shit. Our captain is in the box. Do we really want to spend the whole off season knowing that like our captain fucking like took a double minor. And then like, I think they, they, they kind of had a reality check in that motion. And then they kind of banded together as a team to kill those four minutes of power play. But I did not like, their confidence or lack thereof throughout the game no it was readily apparent i you honestly like i don't want to criticize them because they did win the game hopping over the boards i mean you just won an overtime game in the stanley cup final that looked pretty regular season to me what the victory like celebration well i think that was a little more of like a ah fuck well we got one we're still down three one like so they they know the mountain that they have in front of them they just need to you know dial it in a little bit you said you did like that or didn't like that? And neither one. It was just it looked a little bit, you know, low energy, which, you know, is probably exactly the case. 
kind of like that. I feel like that means like yeah. it's like business. It's like oh, it's like, like on to the next we know, one. We know exactly what we need to do. We got to win three more. You know, the worst is when you get the I don't know what to call it. I guess the tease I'll I'll say is when you know you get someone celebrates a little too hard and it's not actually for the yeah. championship. Oh, speaking of which, do we want to talk about the mayor of Tampa? Yes. Oh yes. So. If the Habs come back to win this, Tampa Bay, here's your victim right here. The mayor said that she would prefer that the Habs win game four so that Tampa Bay can win the Stanley Cup at home in game five. Cocky. Extremely cocky. Probably start realistic, messing with cocky. shit like that. Don't don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. You fuck with the juju when you start talking like that. Right. Juju's very real. You're just daring something to happen. Yeah, as soon as I mean, I know they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, but as soon as she said that, the hockey gods like struck down like a lightning rod that was yep. just like something. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mac, I love that. <laughs> um, game five picks. Not necessarily who you think will win, but maybe what you think would be the smartest thing to bet. I, I, and, and who you think will win. Tampa puck line's a great one. I don't really see them losing. Game I five like at home. I I wish the under would be five and a half or six, but it'll probably be five. But even still, I might take the under just because I do expect it to be a much tighter game. I don't think it'll be another one of these six to three Tampa Bay wins like we saw in in some of the first couple games of the series. But the thing is, you just don't know. Like, it's it's totally possible the Habs come back and they're like, yeah fuck it. We didn't get swept and they just don't have anything. And uh, like the Habs could lay another egg. I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in this team, which is why I don't have a, a ton of confidence in any given bet. It's just because I don't know, but I may end up taking the over. I, I would like to think it's going to be a tightly contested game between both squads and that somebody will win two to one, two to nothing, three to one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe four to two with an empty net or something in there, but I, I yeah, I gotta agree with Mac. I think this is gonna be tight checking, just absolute bonkers game to the I will say if you feel like betting the overtime or if you're like me and you won Hab's money line last night and now you have a little bit of money on your account, toss a little bit of money on overtime, even if not just for the sake of the fact that if any of these games go to overtime, it's just a win win for everybody at this point because yes if Tampa wins the Stanley cup, which I'm fully prepared for that to happen at this point, I just don't want it to be in some stupid, like Boston Boston versus Vancouver style game where it's like a six to one win. And by the, by the end of the first, you already know tonight's the night they're going to hoist the cup or whatever. Like last night when it went to overtime, I was content because I was like, cool, right. something sick is about to happen. Either the Habs are going to score. It's going to be electric and bell center. And like, they're going to force a game five. Or we're going to get ourselves a, an overtime Stanley Cup winning goal, which is always sick. Like yeah. the Alec Martinez uh, Kings one was the most recent one that we've had. Um, yeah, I don't care how much you hate the team. Like I do not want to see the Lightning lift the cup this year. But if I have to watch them do it, I'd love to see it happen via an overtime goal because that's the only way I want to see them do it. So, yeah, I might bet overtime just because it's like that's what I'm rooting for at this point. And if you do, just pick Point or Sorelli to score because you know they're going to. And if you do, just make sure you at least have a couple of margaritas in the middle of the day before you make the bet. (laughs) I might have a really unpopular opinion here. 
and I didn't think this until Max started talking, and now I think it. I think Tampa's going to blow the fucking doors off them, and it's going to be like first period, 3 nothing. We know Stamkos is going to hoist it, Don, game over. I didn't think that. And then when Max started talking about this, I was like, I, I was like, that's what's going to happen. I can just envision it now. Like, they're going to blow the doors off of them. I feel like we're in for like a Tampa, like 4 1, 5 2, ass kicking, not fun, back to back again. The only other team to do it recently was mine. And it just depresses me. And I really don't want it to happen, but I have a really bad feeling it's going to happen. I'm actually getting sad thinking about God, it. God, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just it sucks, dude. It's it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm going to Tampa puck line tomorrow. Cool. It's going to be my bet. That's all I got. Yeah, same here. Mac. Bucks and six. Yep, Bucks and six. <laughs> Sons and four guy might have something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see Sons and four guy? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 I was going to say it's like it's too viral of a video. Not too. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I guess that does it for us. Kind of ended on a weird mood talking about how Tampa's just going to steamroll them. Uh, but we would like to say that. Um, you know, any feedback that you can provide, reviews, thumbs up on all the social medias is appreciated. So at the start of the episode, I'm going to remind you guys here, helps us out a lot. Good for the algorithm. We appreciate it. Uh, and I already plugged the merch all at the start. So we'll be back with you guys, uh, you know, next time with a Stanley Cup champion of some sorts. I think by the time we do our next recording, even if it goes seven, it'll. I think we would record on the day of a game seven, but I doubt we're going to get to that point. So um congratulations to the future 2021 i'm say hoping it, I'm say it no say it say it congratulations <laughs> to the future 2021 stanley cup champions the tampa bay lightning back to uh, back back to back that's back right to back well deserved you didn't cheat the system at all it was all fair and square so uh and you know, we're really happy that you listened to your mayor who's really smart <laughs> lady and that yeah. lost that game in montreal so that now you can very easily win it on home ice <laughs> congratulations yeah um with your goalie that's never lost you know following a playoff <laughs> loss yeah you know really hammer home all of them here get them all in yep. the, real they've good won here. every stanley cup since we started the podcast that doesn't bother us at all it's gonna happen <laughs> again so empty betters was the best thing to happen to tampa um god just just a a, a weird season nick i just realized ever since we started this we haven't had a full 82 game season the Lightning have won the cup. Both we times. haven't had a Caps Penguins playoff series. We haven't had a Caps. It's like the it's like the universe is out of shape. I don't know what's going on. It's cursed. We fucked it up. So <laughs> I we apologize to everybody. <laughs> we ruined hockey, literally. So all right, everybody. We appreciate the love and support. Go check out the shop and the social medias as always. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>